Welcome to the Stabcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Mindy. And uh, we're here. Uh, we're here to review the movie Till Death, the latest Megan Fox thriller from 2021. Yep. Uh, psychological debut of S.K. Dale in his directorial directorial debut screenplay and story was written by Jason Carvey, which we know his work. He's done some work in Ready or Not. He's done other pieces. Yeah, we we know of him. He's he's an oh, he's a good screenplay writer. Yeah. Did he do wonderful in this? Yeah. Well, we'll get into it. <laughs> so we're just gonna go over the basic facts here real quick. The tomato, the Rotten Tomato Monitor. Yes. Where you had the actual reviewers on there is ninety percent. So mm-hmm. got a very good critical review. Mm-hmm. As far as the audience went, they went 50-50 and they went 55% with, okay. with 500 ratings. Yeah. So this movie is basically kind of one of those movies where you either love it or you hate it. I loved it. He? I hated it. He hated it. So, <laughs> like, honestly, logistic-wise, I get why it's hated. Yeah. Because honestly... It well, it's pretty really, low. 90% on Rotten Tomatoes is hard, sorry to cut you off, but 90%, that ain't a, that's not an easy feat, you know? There's some movies that we love and enjoy, and horror, too. Yeah. Horror and critics don't usually mesh well. Even, like, genre fan favorites, I'm pretty sure Nightmare on Elm Street 1 isn't that high, you know? I'm Like, these classics that we know and love, they... A lot of them were shit on by critics. Well, she actually even did an interview where she brought up Jennifer's body. Mm -hmm. And she was like, it's crazy because now it's 2019 and everybody is about Jennifer's body. And she's like, but I filmed it 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, and everyone hated it. Mm -hmm. She's like, everybody. Mm -hmm. She's like, I think I'm the only person that liked it. Because everyone hated that movie. She's like, and now that's what I get recommended for. She's like, not even Transformers. Or turtles, anything like that. Normally, it's oh, it's Jennifer's body. Yeah. And she's like, it's crazy because it hasn't happened until ten years after the fact. So honestly, even though it has a fifty-five score with the audience, I'm pretty sure the more people they might come around. Yeah, come around. Yeah, they might come around. People, things get called statuses later on. You know, there's things that audiences don't care for now that they might later. Like The Exorcist. The Exorcist and so many other movies, especially in horror. The cult classics are huge. Mm -hmm. So, I do think, you want to get into more facts? Um, The only other fact that I have is that she did do her own stunt in this film. Okay. She did not have a stunt, a stunt woman, yeah. and she, we'll get into more of it later. But she is handcuffed to yes. some something, yes. and you would think that it would be a dummy, 
Yeah. But it wasn't. It was a grown-ass fucking person. We'll get more into that. That's sick. And she did all of all of her stunts like that. So I had to give her kudos. Yeah. So that's top. Yeah. And she was pulling like 13-hour days is what she said. Because um, all of this is coming from her mouth. Right. I, I did my research on basically her interviews. I do know that it was released limited in theaters on July 2nd in 2021. It was already done filming in 2020, but because of uh, Corona, they did have to hold it off. Your Pandusky? Yeah. Um, this is Megan Fox's first adult-like role. This is the first time that she gets to play like a an horror? adult. Not even in horror. Like an adult, like a wife. Okay, yeah, yeah. This is the first. But just because, like, she wasn't a teenager. Yeah, this is the first anything. time. This is the first time where she considers it to be like a a wife role, or like a mature, a mature. Yeah. So she did label it instead of horror. She did go double back and say that this is more of a psychological thriller with horror elements added. I would agree with that. And. She does prefer blockbuster films over the indie films, and this is more of an indie. Yeah. But she does understand that she really hasn't been in the scene that much. Mm-hmm. So you gotta get you gotta you gotta get what to do. Also, it was not filmed in the U.S. It was actually filmed in Bulgaria mm-hmm. in Universal Studios, which she has quoted saying that that is the best studio that you can ever walk into. She said that it is crazy. And it is amazing. And now I want to go. Now now I want to go into it. Um, She did compare it to Saw and Ready or Not. And she also said that people would compare it to Gerald's Game. I would not compare it to any of the three except for Gerald's Game a little bit. Okay. I don't see any of the other ones. I see the Saw one because of the revenge element. I guess. But this seems very seems more intimate. It feels more uh just around this group of characters. Mm-hmm. More whereas Saad, like you kinda have a big group and he's like, you know, personally Yeah, this is very much still like a one actress or one actor kind of movie. Yeah, like you got her and her husband and the shit that branches off from her and her husband. Yeah. And that's that's the characters. So, my can I get my initial thoughts? Of course. <clears throat> I don't hate that when I said I hated it that was a bit dramatic I think S.K. Dale the director actually does a really good job shooting this movie especially and, since this is his first one yes I think he does fine and it's a good direct, uh, good directorial debut and I do think Megan Fox for so she is an interesting situation to where where you have somebody that by all means, she is, like when you said she preferred blockbuster movies, she is like a big-time money actress to part with, like, one of the biggest action blockbuster movies, even, like, I think it's not it's not before the first Fast and Furious, but it's before they got really action-heavy, Transformers with Shia LaBeouf. And she became, like, not only, like, a sex symbol, but she became, like, a really big Hollywood star for that. And then she did the stuff with the Turtles and all this other stuff. And she has done more intimate roles and... A, a little comedy here, a little horror here, the Jennifer's body. She is an interesting case to where she's done all that experience 
she's not really known for her acting, if we're being honest. No. She's not known as being, like, she's not the next, you know, she's not like Jamie Lee Curtis, or she's not, like, even a big-time actress. But you want to respect her, though, because she understands that. Yes, and she has somewhat chops. She's pretty enough. She can, and in this, I do think she is not an issue with this movie. Mm-hmm. My issues with it have nothing to do with her. And I think that she, the iconic shots of her, and we'll get into the plot and stuff, but like with blood on her chest or just like even carrying the the said body we were alluding to, just certain shots I feel like are kind of iconic cinema, the way the director and the way she lines up. And I feel like it's very good. And by the way, the idea of her like, uh, you know, dragging a handcuffed body through life just makes sense because that's what she's doing to Machine Gun Kelly right now because that dude's a fucking bum. As much as I like a couple of the songs, Jesus Christ. But till till death, I do think that she she is a good leading lady for this situation. And I'm not going to shit on her too much because I think she tries her best. And I don't think she she's not going to give us like a Citizen Kane or anything. Or she's not like going to give an Oscar-worthy performance. But for what she does. Yeah, like she's not Castaway. No, but for what she does in this, she does it well. Mm-hmm. She's like Madonna in Castaway, that remake. The shitty one. Oh, yeah, the shitty one. Yeah, but she, she, she's just, she, she does a good job here. I don't mm-hmm. want to take that away from her. Even though it's not my favorite movie, I do think it's kind of a cut-and-dry revenge movie. And you can definitely tell, too, that it is somebody's directorial video. Yeah. You can tell that this is someone's first movie. And, and I like Jason Carvey, and like you, you listed his other accolade, and I do think he is a, a pretty good screenwriter, but this does feel like a kind of a debut project too. This feels yeah. like kind of a like a let me you test my chops type of writer. Tell that this was written a few years before it actually Yeah, cuz it's a small intimate horror movie. There's like four or five characters. They're not all deeply fleshed out, but you know enough about them. And it's like it's a good movie, but it's not and it's not all set up. There's enough action and stuff and there's cool scenes, but there's just something that doesn't tie it together. Let's get into it. All right. So basically you open up with Megan Fox. She's a frigid bitch. I mean, she's she's a gorgeous woman. Emma. Emma, sorry. No, don't be sorry. Just... But she, she's a gorgeous woman. Yes. Don't get me wrong. But she is a frigid ice cold bitch. Yes. And she's having drinks with the man that she's having an affair with, Tom. And she tells Tom, like, look, it's over. Like, Mark, her husband, is starting to get suspicious. He's like, can I see you one more time, at least, like, tomorrow night? And she's like, absolutely not. It's my anniversary. And it ends it there. Right. And the next time we see her, she's dressed up in a gorgeous black little thing. <coughs> and she walks into Mark's office, where we quickly find out that he is actually a defense attorney. And um, she is greeted by his receptionist with flowers and everything, even though he should be doing that. He's a douche, by the way. I don't like fucking nothing. I think Mark is a fucking douchebag. But, lean into that a little bit later. So, Mark comes in the room, sees that she's not wearing the dress that he wants her to wear. And was like, oh, well, we'll go, we'll go home first before we go to the restaurant so you can change. What the fuck? She looks good. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. Yeah. Then it broke up She's been wearing the same fucking dress for 10 years. Yeah. God forbid she wears one fucking different thing. Yeah, Mark's a piece of shit, and he's a criminal attorney. And they're not known for being the most beautiful souls. No, but I mean, 
the reason why she got with him is because he actually used to be a guy. Yeah. He actually used to be a defense attorney for the other side. And the reason why they got together is because she was brutally assaulted mm-hmm. like 12 years prior to this. And he actually worked on her case to help put away the man that tried to kill her. So that's very important. Remember that, guys. Well, they're at dinner. Mark's being an asshole. She's looking around. His girl gets engaged, gets involved. That's not really that much part of the plot, so I'm not going to really go into it. Um, then she gets back, and Mark's like, oh, uh, we'll have dessert for two, even though she specifically says she doesn't want dessert. I hate this with men. If I say that I do not want dessert, I don't want dessert. Yeah. I'm full. Yeah. Most men, sorry, Daniel, but most men want sexy time after dinner. Yes. Especially married men. Yes. Do you expect a woman to have sexy time after you get done selling her? Do not order her dessert if she says she's good. Well, sometimes I think chocolate. Alone. Yeah, but chocolate cake's an aphrodisiac, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> but still. And then they get out of the rest. Well, that. Actually, I'm stepping ahead of myself. They decide to exchange gifts, even though Mark made it clear that he didn't want a gift. Yes. And he found out that it was the seal anniversary. So instead of getting her something with diamonds or something like that, he... Well, it does have diamonds places, on it, doesn't it? Yes. Okay. Well, in it. In it. He places a 200-filled diamond... Like choke. I wouldn't even call this thing a necklace. I would call it more of a choker. Yeah, it's like a chunk of steel around her neck. Yeah, and it's steel. And I don't even know why she would let him put it on her, but whatever. And she goes out of her way to get him fucking Super Bowl ticket. And he plays it off like he doesn't want him and whatnot. But I've been thinking about those Super Bowl tickets, and I think that it might have been a tiny bit of foreshadowing, because at that point. He knew that he wasn't going to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. He knew he wasn't going to be there for it. So that's a little bit of foreshadowing on the director's part, and I think he did a good job of doing that. Well, they finally get to leave the restaurant, and she wants, and like she basically just wants to go home. She wants to be done with the night. And he's like, "Now we got one more surprise. Here's just." blindfold and he leaves her like he rides with her for over an hour blindfolded and shit and finally she's had enough yeah like, i can't do this no more I, i'm getting cut sick and she finds out that for some reason in the middle of winter they're at the wake house <laughs> of all places he could have took her which out of all things that i'm that I I said I don't like about this movie. The setting is not one of them. And I think being in, at the lake house in the middle of the winter is the only thing that kind of gives it its horror vibe yeah. that it really kind of lacks. And I think that that kind of gives it that intimate, creepy setting that the movie kind of needs. Yeah, because she, I mean, you are right. She is cut off from basically yeah. civilization. Mm-hmm. And you just, are right. And, and being on the frozen lake in like certain scenes later, it's just yeah. cool. You, you are right. You are right about that. Um, well, first off, it starts off amazing, like, the night starts off with candlelight and roses and a red room that's full of pictures of her and him and her 
wedding dress, among a lot of other clothing of hers, and like it's just perfect. And yes. she plays the record player that she's supposed to play. She goes upstairs. They have a passionate, passionate night. Well, she starts to wake up, and she's like, "Oh my God, it's so cold in here." And he is, and like her husband is sitting on the side of the bed, and all of a sudden she realizes that she's got a handcuff on her. I said, like, "What the hell?" And he's like, "Did you sweet dream? Did you dream sweet dreams, pumpkin?" And she's like. And then he just shoots himself at the side of the face. Like, no warning, nothing. Just straight up fucking boom and then noggin. Yeah. And, like, she's freaking the fuck out because at this point, she's, like, like, she rolled off the bed. He's on her. And it's one of those nice suicide shots, which, not that suicide's ever nice, but in a movie, when someone shoots themselves. Right through the fucking temple. Yeah, when the brain and when the brain splatters on the dress, it's cool looking. It Can really I ask good. you a question? Go ahead. Is she just handcuffed to him, or is she also handcuffed to the bed? No, just she's him. handcuffed to him. That okay. makes a difference in Gerald's game. Gotcha. But it's less of a handcuff and more of a shackle. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's less of a handcuff like they used in Gerald's game and more of a shackle. Like a shackle or a sh- what's a shackle? A shackle okay. is a like shackle. something that they yeah. use to transport okay. like prisoners. And yeah. I don't know if there was a different one called the shackle. No, it's, it's shackle. Okay. It's shackle. I just have a weird accent. <laughs> um, I wanted to be clear for myself. But then, like, she's like, "Oh fuck! Look, what the hell? What is going on? Why did he shoot himself in the face?" And yeah, like, why did he shoot himself in the face? And getting that. She finds out because she starts putting two together and she starts thinking that maybe it's because of the affair. Because we didn't bring up Tom yet. She's fucking Tom. Yeah, she's fucking Tom who happens to be one of her, one of his associates. <coughs> she thinks, all right, well, it has to be with Tom. Mm-hmm. Well, she finds out that this motherfucker took every sharp object out of the house, including a Boom. She didn't even get a fucking spoon. Like, she can't get nothing. He tore everything out of the house. He cut the phone lines. Like, and he made sure that the shot, that the gun that he used had one fucking bullet in it. Completely fucked her over. So she finally gets back to the red room and she finds out, she goes back there to turn off the record, and she finds out that her husband knows everything. He has pictures of her and Tom and then she notices this picture of her sculptor that tried to kill her 11, 12 years ago. And she realizes right next to the record player that there is a tape recorder that says, play me. And she plays it, and it is her interview that she was given by Mark right after she was attacked. So that causes a lot of anxiety, a lot of PTSD, a lot yes. of shit. And fucks with her head. It fucks with her head a lot. And she ends up using the wedding dress as kind of like a friction kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Because she doesn't know how the hell she's going to lug this body yeah. around the fucking house. So she puts, she ends up putting them on her fucking dress and lugging them that way, which I think was genius. Honest. She easily could have broke her arm by being a dumb bitch mm-hmm. and trying to fucking drag her around that. But putting them on the wedding dress and dragging them with two hands, that was a really good idea. I agree. Uh, I will give her that. 
she did a really, really good idea. Then, then she started moving to survival mode when she got in the kitchen and she realized nothing was in there. And she tipped over the fucking trash can. Well, before this, she actually fell down the stairs with him. And he fell on top of her. Yes. And then she lashes out and you find out that he's a piece of shit, too. And she is like, oh, my God, you fucking hypocrite. How many times did I have to wash glitter and lipstick off your fucking collar? Because then you find out right then and there he was cheating on her, too. And she knew it. She just let it go. Like a lot of couples do. Yeah. Well, she had her affair, so she didn't care if he was having his. Exactly. And some couples. Yeah, she was fucking somebody. Some else. couples do get that way. And well, and the one thing that this movie does a very good job of uh, of portraying in the beginning by Megan and also Eoin Mackin, the mm-hmm. the man who plays uh, Mark, he this is a very dead relationship. And a lot of movies try to do it in situations like this. And not not saying like similar things like this, but even like you see a depiction of a dying relationship and love leaving a relationship a lot in cinema. Not just in horror, but cinema as a whole. They do a very good job of these are two cold people that once really cared about each other, but no longer really do. And the, the love might still be there, but they kind of hate who they've become too. Mm-hmm. And I think without too many words their faces and no matter what you want to say about her as an actress that face no matter how much botox is in it it does fucking portray like a cold heartbroken woman mm-hmm. and it does that well yeah and even when he's dead and she's dragging him across the shit and it's like oh i'm still stuck to this fucking guy it's like it's good acting while she's doing it yeah, i don't like want to take in the basement and she's like i carry your dead fucking weight for fucking 12 years and now i'm still attached to you yeah and, like, it's just those kind of moments. Like, even the actress Megan Fox herself even said that that's what made her kind of take the role. Well, yeah. She likes comedy. And, and a lot of these things, like, yes, there is a stuntman handcuffed next to her. It's not a dummy. But it is a person. he's trying to be dead. Yes, he is. So it's dead weight. You're right. So even though that person's there, a lot of this is her before uh, Bobby and Jimmy get into the picture she is acting alone through a lot of it. Yeah. And that's a tall order for somebody like Megan. And I'm not saying she's a bad actress. I'm not trying to say that. It's but it's just something she actress. doesn't do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like she's known for kind of being like a piece of tuckus I mean, and a big franchise. The last movie she was in was like in 2014. Exactly. And she's been in these big budget, like fucking $300, $400 million movies and you can't take anything away from her. But like acting in front of a screen by herself, just trying to convey an emotion and make you feel something. It's just, it seems like a lot to ask of her and she does it presumably well here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's probably why she decided to do her own stunt. Because mm-hmm. I do feel had we had a stunt after, it would have taken away from the movie. It very well could have. And the bitch does get thrown around quite a bit. Yeah. Like she does, she does take her licks. So. Yeah. Um, so after she realizes that there's basically nothing, she fucking tips over the trash can and here's Jingle realizes that there's keys in the trash can. Yes. So head clicks and she's alright, I gotta get to the fucking car. Motherfuckers siphoned the gas out yeah. of the car. But did she get the keys and get herself on handcuffed? No. Because he didn't have the handcuffs keys. It was the car keys. Oh, car keys. Yeah. You said yeah. keys. I didn't know no, what. No, those are just the car keys. It is kind of, I unless I really miss something, 
There's not a key to the shackles, right? You have to use something else to get them. You have to use fire. Yes. Because the the shackles get taken off and put on other people throughout the movie, but I never remember seeing a key. So I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, that's because you have to pull it apart with fires first. And then once it's open and it gets closed again, you're fucked. Yeah, so a key to that's not even a factor. Yeah. So she gets keys to the car, she runs out, she gets up to the car, not because they'll run, because she tried her best, but he ain't going to run with a fucking... Yeah, it's a lot. She's about 140 pounds. And she's run, she, she's getting there, she got to the fucking garage, and she realizes this motherfucker's face is all again at the car. And at this point, she's losing her shit. She turns on the radio and she realizes that it's her fucking wedding song. And all of a sudden, marks on the fucking speaker. It was just like, hey, I don't want you to, like, think that this is because you disobeyed me. It's not. I was already in a lot of trouble. Yes. I just took this to my advantage because I knew because of that trouble, you were going to end up with him, meaning Tom. And I couldn't stand the fact of you having happy life with him instead of me, because that's not fair. Yeah. Because 12 years ago when I first met you, you were not there. And you should be groveling at my feet for the opportunities that I gave you and continue to give you. And yeah, Mark was pretty cold. Yeah. <laughs> Mark was like, I'm done with this bitch. Yeah. He didn't give a fuck anymore. And she gets back in the fucking house. She realizes that her phone's in a fucking vase. Come on, like I can't even. What the fuck? Like you really thought of everything. Yep. And then no other homie Tom. Homie Tom fucking knock 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 on the door and was like, "Hey, I've been like calling you all day. Like I just like I don't have a fucking phone." And he's like, "Um, well, your husband like is in some deep shit." So what do you mean? And he's like, like, the DEA, like, all of the, like, they're all there at the office going through Mark's files and stuff. And, like, they're actually actively looking for Mark. And she's like, oh, well, he's here. Most of them. And, like, he's like, huh? And, like, she finally opens the door and he's like, what the fuck? And she's like, yeah, I woke up next to him shackled. And he decided to shoot himself in the fucking head. And he's like, is it because of me? And she's like, I'm pretty sure it's because he's fucking crazy. And so, like, she doesn't even take any accountability for it. She's just like, I'm pretty sure it's because he's fucking nuts. Like, yeah, I mean, because you had to have known, like, if you're Mark, you know she's cheating on you anyway. Yeah. Like, in that situation, and, like, she knew he was cheating on her pretty much. Like, exactly. Like, it's like, you just kind of know in that situation. Like, and I get it, and I get, and that's why the revenge scheme of it doesn't really work for me as much, mm-hmm. because I feel like, there's not as much grounds to go. Like I get, I get where he's coming from, but it's also like. But you don't really start to vote with. You don't really start to cheer her on. Yeah. Until what comes next, basically. She, he tells her like, "Hey, you've been texting, calling me all night. You've been texting, saying that you fucked up, and try to call you, you didn't answer. So I came all the way out here, and she's like, well, that wasn't sent by me. That was sent by Mark.'" You need to call the fucking police. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you just wash all of the evidence off your face. And she's like, well, excuse me if I don't want to be fucking covered in brains. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but still, how is this going to look? And she's like, 
I don't fucking care how it's going to look or not. She's like, you really think that he fucking sent those text messages to you to be a nice guy so you could come and save me? Yeah. No, call the fucking police. And a line they didn't have to throw in there, but it's like you also could have. Like, you have the voice recording right there in the car. Mm-hmm. Just take the cops in the car and be like, here you go. And that's the most incriminating shit to Mark, and she could probably get off. Exactly, and that's probably why she was so adamant on calling the fucking help. And she did have to bring that up. It's not that those aren't things that normally, exactly. you know, you don't have to double back with that. But yeah, it, but she did a good job. It was in the back of my head. Yeah, and he, of course, left the fucking phone in the car. Um. And he has to go back and get it. By the time he gets it and shit, they realize that there's somebody else out there. Then push comes to shove, and there's this young man out there claiming that Mark asked him to come fix the gutters. Tom politely pays him off, tells him to go away. Guy will not leave. All of a sudden, the man that fucking assaulted her several years ago, Billy, Bobby shows up and just fucking humbles Tom. And I don't know if they say that they're brothers, but the other guy is Jimmy. Okay, so the brother's Jimmy. Yeah, the brother is Jimmy. And he's very, he reminds me of like somebody from Happy Days, especially with the way he talks. Like 20 minutes in and out, eh? That's what you said. You said 20 minutes. Yeah, and he's the less confrontational of the duo. Yeah. You can tell he's the one that's like, we're doing this he for work. He thought that they were just there for a classic robbery. Yeah, he's like, all right, we'll get the diamonds and get out. And Bobby's like, no, we're killing everybody. Yeah, he like, didn't oh. understand that anyone was going to die. Yeah. So, well, push guns because they got a little bit of mouse, a little bit of cat and mouse game when she realizes that Bobby. With the brother. Because Bobby fucks up Tom and very quick. He stabs the shit out of him. Or, or are you going before that? Well, no, I already said it. So is okay. she unhandcuffed now? No. Okay. She's, she's still got a piece to get husband's shackles to her. And, like, honestly, I give her a lot of credit. Because she fucking pulls this motherfucker up to the attic. Yeah. And, like, fucking, like, turns on this car alarm to make the other two think that she went outside. Like, she does a really good job. Of evading them. Yeah. Eventually, they do get they do get her, and they basically tell her like, "Look, your husband hired us. Sorry, he wanted you dead." Yeah. Uh, there's only two combina- There's only two people that know the combination is safe, and that person is you. The other one is dead. So you're gonna give me the combination, and then I'm gonna fucking kill you. And she's like, well, that's not going to happen. And I'm sure as hell not fucking going down shackled to my fucking piece of shit husband. Absolutely not. Unhook me first and then I'll... Yeah, so she does that whole, like, you can unhook me first and then I'll fucking give you what you want. Yeah. Well, Mark is a thick son of a bitch. So once they finally get inside that fucking thing... There's not diamonds. There's a fucking gold, a fucking silver-plated saw that says the diamonds you seek are close to her heart. Yeah. To choke her. So he didn't want them to take the diamonds. Yeah. He didn't even want her to take off the necklace. And we're not talking chainsaw. We're talking like we're a talking good old-fashioned like hacksaw. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, it is a bone hacksaw kind of. Like left and right, left and right. You're yeah. going to have to fuck this bitch up. To get to yeah. And like, so basically it's like, if you guys want to get paid, you're going to have to fucking kill it. Yeah. And she realizes that quite quickly and starts breaking the fuck out and was like, yo, like, get your toolbox, Jimmy, get that fucking thing off me. And like, Jimmy tries everything. He really does. He He's a really kind soul. Yeah, he Jimmy's really not there to kill everything. anybody. Jimmy is not the, Bobby is a fucking psychopath. Yeah. But Jimmy is not there to hurt anybody. He yeah. really just wants the money and he wants to He, really he does not want her any harm. He choke her off her and just leave. Yeah. Because as far as he's concerned, his brother's already gone after this woman. Yeah. So as far as he's concerned, if the cops catch him again, they're just going to go back to jail. Yeah. And this time he's going to go back with his, he's going to go back with his fucking brother. He yeah. doesn't want to. At this point in the movie, for like about five minutes here, him and her are working together yeah. almost. To kind of make this happen. And then Bobby stops that mm-hmm. immediately. Bobby fucks his brother up. So horrible. I mean, you could have just fucking shot him in the head. And that's my top kill in the movie. But, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it's just, it, it's almost like, it's kind of beautiful. And it's just... I've corrupted your head. Just, just the way, just the way he fucks poor Jimmy up. Because Jimmy is really just trying to help her. And he can't help her. And, and Bobby impales him on a hook. And he just, just the way his body falls, and I just can't describe it the way, you have to see it. It's one of those. And I know I said it in, like, this movie, but I would recommend it for this scene. Yeah, like, the lights running out of his eyes. Yeah, because just the way, like, Bobby just forces him onto this hook, and he just gets impaled, and he gets fucked up. Yeah, and doesn't need to be fancy. There don't need to be blood everywhere. And you kind of feel bad because it's like, thus far, it's like, and no offense to Tom, he seemed like a nice guy, but all the people in this movie are kind of dicks. And Bobby still blames her, and she's a dick too. Yes, she is. She is. She's some girl that's fucking around on her husband. Yeah, and she's a cold bitch. bitch. Yeah, like I said in the beginning. Yeah. So and Tom's just some dude that's clapping a bit, like. No one's really likable except for Jimmy, and Jimmy's still like like a thief and trying to like do an illegal crime. But it's like Jimmy doesn't really want to be here. So when he dies, it's like, oh, poor guy. Aw, he just wanted to get the fuck out. Yeah. He just thought it was good. And then Bobby's like, it's your fault. And yeah, it's like, no, Bobby's it's not. Like, it's your fault. And it's like, what the fuck she do? It's like it's literally your fault, Bob. She did nothing. You just... fucking impaled your brother. She didn't do shit. So, and then the best scene in the movie comes when the boat and the car crash and everything, and it becomes a big action. That's one of my favorite parts. And that's why when you say it's an indie movie, it is an indie movie, but it does tell me that they had a little bit of money, or at least Megan even maybe took a little bit out of her pocket, because it fucking... You could tell it was all filmed in the studio. Yeah, because it's a beautifully shot scene. Beautiful. Yeah. And she tries to, she tries to back up. She realizes that she ain't fucking going nowhere. Yeah. And at this point, motherfucker is trying to get in the fucking window. So she goes off the other well, She's in a car? She's in the Jeep. She finally gets the fucking gas over after she drags it over there. It takes her a while, but she finally gets it. And she gets the gas inside the car, and she, she takes off, and she ends up in the fucking lake shit with the car halfway in the fucking ice. Oh and the other part of the car, halfway out. God bless you. God bless you. It says, like, what the fuck? This poor thing can't get away to save her fucking life. 
Like, she is trying so hard. Yeah. Like, at this point, she's gotten herself on fucking scaffold. She's ran people over and shit. Like, just let her leave. Mm-hmm. Enough is enough already. And, and may, may I express to you, she is in the fucking dead of winter, and half the fucking time, she don't got shoes. Until Tom dies, she don't got no fucking shoes on her feet. Yeah, that's the only time she gets shoes. It's very cold. She's a, a very petite woman. You know, she's not a. She, we're not talking like Roseanne in the '90s out here. We're talking a yeah. petite, one thirty-pound woman. Exactly. Like she's gonna get <laughs> no cold. No fur coat. No fur coat. And no she's like coat. in her fucking hu- hu- husband's fucking bloodied up fucking shirt and panties. Mm-hmm. Which, and I don't want to be, you know, the pig of this show, <laughs> but, uh. but. Megan Fox, whatever you want to say about her, she's still a gorgeous woman. Oh, and yeah. Throughout this whole movie, and like I said, there's an iconicness of her with the bloodstained shirt that just kind of works. And, like, even in that Machine Gun Kelly music video, with that, that My Bloody Valentine, when she had a similar deal with the white T-shirt and no pants. And it's like, that is her look. That, yeah. that is the look for her that just looks very well. And uh, The only problem I had with it is that every fucking time something happened to her, it's like the hit cut, and they fucking went and fixed her makeup. Like, come yeah. on, let her look a mess. Yeah, she's incredibly pretty throughout the whole like, I understand that she's a gorgeous woman, but let her fucking look a mess. I will say at the end when she stabs Bobby in the shoulder mm-hmm. and, and gets him in the – and has – or not Tom, has Mark shackled to him, mm-hmm. and then he falls in. The whole time. Well, yeah, he falls in the ice and he grabs her choker to bring her with. Yes, but the whole time, and then when she's in there, she stabs him again, right? Or she's yeah, she gets him again with in the eye. An eye again. Yeah. Because that's how she got away from him the first time. Yes. It's because she took her car keys and she jabbed him in the eye. Yeah. She actually ended up getting him in the eye again. But then poor thing gets up to the fucking ice and she can't get out. Yeah. And it's like, oh my god, you're gonna die of stupidity. Yeah. Because she, like, just starts fucking, like, swimming across the ice, and it's like, no, yeah, she, you have a knife in your hand. She pulled a Jack and Rose Titanic thing, and it's like, you can get up there. But then the sirens, like, hit, and it's like, it's presumed that she's going to be okay. Well, her knife does pull up. She does yeah. get out. Okay. She does get out. I mean, it takes her a couple of minutes, but she does finally break through the fucking ice. You and with the whole backdrop, and then when the shackled husband got introduced... I didn't think that she was going to die, and I didn't necessarily think that she was going to shackle him to somebody else, but I'm like, how are we going to have somebody shackled to something fall into the river? Like, it's just my mafia brain just, like, hit on. I was like, this has to happen. Too. And then when it happens to Bobby, and he's shackled to another human being, and it's dragging him down. It's like, that that's a perfect kill for this movie. That is a good way to cap it off, because with the whole backdrop of the scenery. And that's scenery my and, favorite kill, yeah. honestly, is when she gets him one last final time in the eye. Because it, it utilizes everything. It utilizes the scenery. It utilizes the dead husband, which is a plot point. It utilizes her ferociousness and Bobby, like, kind of being a chained animal. Like, mm-hmm. it just, and it works all together in the scene. Yeah, it, and it basically kind of buttons everything up. It's a good button up for the movie. Like, it's. A good Especially for a good final kill, time. like, yes, you have the boat crash and the shit with the car and stuff, but you don't need all that to blow up and Bobby to die. It's fun just seeing him go by getting dragged under it. It's like, yeah. it's a good full circle moment for the film. I agree. Absolutely. I mean, it took her way too fucking long to break out of that ice. That was completely unrealistic. That bitch would have been dead. Yeah. 
at that point. She was under the water at least four or five minutes. She would have been dead. Yes. But am I glad she survived? Yes. Do I think that a fucking knife is going to be able to crash ice that hard? Absolutely fucking not. Yeah. You'll be able to get, like, a little tiny hole in or something. She fucking, like, pushes up the fucking knife and, like, all of the ice crackles, like, cracks around her. And it's like, that would not happen. Like, no, no, that's that's not logical. They took a little liberty because it was a movie. Yeah. Um, overall, what would overall, you rate this? I would, I would rate it at least a 6.5. Yeah. Because it wasn't perfect. There's a lot of flaws in it. But it got my attention. It did. And I do, I want to bring this up real quick because I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the movie. But another movie that got my attention is, you guys are going to love this, Hulu just came out with a new movie called Blood that just premiered today. And it has in it no other than Deep Fucking Ulrich. My boy. Billy is back. Let's go. So we will see what he has to offer us. As far as I know, it's more of a psychological thing. It's called Blood. More of a psychological movie. Um, I don't believe he's a serial killer or anything like that. But we'll see. But I had to mention that real quick because I completely forgot about that. What we were doing here. Okay. I will. I'd give it a six. I give it six. Uh, dead husbands out of ten. I thought, and I did talk positive. About, I did not hate this movie. Even just thinking I about it, I feel like you kind of loved, loved hate it. Yeah, I thought it was, and I would watch it again because I thought it was not even it's so bad it's good, but there are elements of it that, like the iconic shots and the way the movie is shot by the director and Megan Fox as a leading lady, and certain decisions taken in it that I really enjoy. There's certain plot elements that feel like. I've seen it before a hundred times and that feel that I've also, it just feels like a cut and dry. It feels like something that's, you know, easy to put together for mm-hmm. the revenge plot of a movie. It felt like a pretty cut and dry, like let's give Megan Fox something to do type movie. But for what it was, I do think it was better than what I expected it to be. Oh, absolutely. She did an amazing, amazing job. I'm very impressed with her. I have not liked her since, like... I would watch her in something else. Yeah, I would watch her in something else. after this, I would definitely go ahead and watch her in something else. She did an amazing job. I agree. She proved definitely that she could stand up with the best of them. And she could hold her up. Now, could she do that in a blockbuster setting? Not sure. Who knows? But... I, she proved herself as far as indie. I could see her as like a best friend or like some dude's girlfriend in a I big can't horror see movie. Her as a final girl. No, not as a final girl, but maybe the the last one dead or the hot chick killed at the party. Like, and you give her a little depth too. I could see her in something like that. Yeah. If they wanted to reboot Friday or something and put her in it. I could see it. Yeah. But uh, you want ready to, for me to throw you a curveball and tell you what we're doing next week? I am ready for it. I think everyone else is ready for it, too. Because it's not what I told you earlier. Oh, fuck. What we're doing next week, we're putting our creative hats on again instead of covering something. And we did something like this like a year or two ago, but you like it was a You Call It episode. We didn't get to be here and feel the energy, and we didn't really get a full episode on it. But we are going to be crafting our own horror movies next week. We get up to eight survivors and one to two killers or supernatural force or whatever you want to go with. 
It can be a crossover with anybody that's ever appeared in any horror, or it can be original characters. It's up to you. But you and me are each going to come up with a half hour to an hour pitch of what our movies would be, the storyline, the plot, who's going to live at the end, the order in which people die. Okay, so we haven't done this before, Ash. We haven't. We did a crossover did, thing. What you think that we did was we created our own theme park. No, not only that, we, we did, like, our idea for crossovers, and you gave, like, your Prescott, Chucky. Oh, yeah, thing. the yeah. Prescott getting yeah. the Chucky doll thing. So right? we did our little, and we can, you can add that in this, if you want to, like, put, like, uh you know, Jamie Lee Curtis in, in, like, Nightmare on Elm Street or something, and have, you know, a Laurie Strode in that, or if you, if you, it's just your idea. So we can pull ideas from anything. Yeah, it's right? whatever you can think of, and you can. It's your casting. You can pick whatever actors or actresses. I want to have a full cast for our movies mm-hmm. uh, with modern-day actors. Uh, you can have any characters. You can have any killer, any setting, whatever you want, but it's your version of a horror movie. And also, I have the number to call in in the description for this episode. I'm also going to put it in the next episode. So if any fans want to call in and give us their ideas, or also uh, I'll uh, put – our email, we'll develop an email and we'll put that up and people can email that. Mm-hmm. And if motherfuckers don't want to engage with us, I'll go over to Reddit ah! and I'll just read off some fucking random assholes, you know, fun ideas because that's all over the place. So uh, it's going to be a fun episode next week. It's going to be really fun. I'm excited to do this because Daniel and I have both collectively already wrote our own horror movies. Yes, and we just love talking past. shop about yeah. shit like that and it's our type of thing and for fans and people that love the genre so much, it's fun to like put our creative hats on and just give it a shot and just see like if we can develop something cool. So we're gonna do that next week and uh yeah, that's the plan. All you got right. anything else for the good viewers? I do not. I think that we covered everything. Like I said, go on Hulu, watch Blood. Um, make sure you guys comment about it, make sure you guys follow on blog talk radio and whatnot. We can get a little bit more of a following on here. Yes. Um Make sure if you guys do see blood, you drop a comment and let me know if it's good or not. Let's let them get a little bit of a discussion going on because I'm really excited to see that to see to see Speed Hours do something else. Well, I'm very too. excited because it seems like he's going to be more of a dad situation, and I'm excited to see that. Yes, me too, 100. Because he kind of pulled away from all acting, and then they like stuck him in the new screen movies. Yeah. Like, for a few seconds at a time, which makes no fucking sense. But I like Skeet Ulrich. That's yeah. the thing. And he's only in a handful of movies, but I like him. Yeah. So, I'm very, very excited to see this movie. I think it'll be very good. But uh, we'll see everybody next week. Let's get a big hootie-hoo. Hootie-hoo! And uh, this was the Stabcast. Thanks for joining us.